the break room here. I'm Will Doctor. Across the screen from me is Charles Carter. We're going to talk some, well, last night's loss, Rockets versus, uh, versus Heat. Another disappointing game for the Rockets, and that marks four in a row that they've lost. Charles, what do you think about the game last night, man? Uh, it's just becoming really, really apparent that you need Christian Wood. Like the Rockets need a superstar, and this is a superstar driven league. And what's so what was so interesting about this Heat game, the Rockets and Heat game, is that the Heat is who the Rockets should should aspire to be. Like they should aspire to be a team like that. They don't really have a they're not a superstar driven team. They're more like uh, a collection of guys who kind of just make it work. Not yeah. saying that Cam <laughs> and Jimmy Butler aren't. Yeah, but they, they, have Ty, they have Tyler, who was out and last Tyler, night. Tyler, it, exactly. It's a little bit of a homemade rotation, exactly. a lot more chemistry. Exactly. Uh, and so, and they just make it work. And so, I, that's who the Rockets should definitely strive to be, but it just wasn't there last night. Yeah, it, it was It was such a brutal game from the three-point line. Um, I mean, we can go down the list. Goladipo, one for three from three. Daniel House, one for nine. Uh, and I, I saw some stat last night from uh, from one of the one of the accounts I follow on Twitter. But House is now like four for twenty one. His, his last three point attempts way off. Uh, so I'm just start probably worrying about Eric Gordon three for ten. Um, still put up seventeen points. And Sterling Brown one for five. Usually when this team wins games and they get any production out of the bench. Guys like Sterling Brown, Daniel House can can hopefully catch fire. Ben McLemore, 0 for 5 from 3 um, and 0 for 5 from the field. Uh, so no one really getting it going uh, besides besides Boogie and, and an okay game from John Wall. But even John after the game said he didn't play well. This team really fell apart after halftime. Um, Hey, betting against my home team, but I actually took Heat plus four uh, at the half. Uh, like I said, this team just – they don't have their glue without Christian Wood. Uh, I, I never see a game where they can actually hold it together. And let me tell you, after last night, well, I mean, who – who are we, are we going to find a buyer for Victor Oladipo? I mean, is that as a – if I was – in the mind of a NBA GM, I'm not. I'm seeing zero benefit of getting Victor Oladipo uh, this year. I know we talked about that in the last episode, but it's even more apparent last night. Two for six from field goal, one for three from the arc, two assists and yeah. six. I mean, that, and two assists. You know, like you're not doing much out there, especially when 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 you really have no three point shot. Yeah, he's not shopping himself well. Also, he kind of, like, nicked himself in the game, too. So, it was kind of like, uh, you know, that was always the thing with Victor Depot, possible injuries and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's – it's that's not helping his case. And that's not helping us if we're going to uh, talk about uh, shopping him around the, uh, the league. So, but also even going with that, um, with the team, the team was also lacking – uh, I talked about just a second ago that the team was lacking superstars, right? And with a collection of guys who we said in the beginning of the season, they could make it work. Like, it, it, it's not like it can't be done. The Heat, Miami Heat did it. And so you have somebody like a Boogie and a John Wall. Uh, like I said, if they're healthy, 
they're four-star players. Out of five stars, they're four-star players. They're great. Um, but I, it's – They all have brittle – they all have very brittle bases right now. I mean, exactly. Cousins, Wall, Oladipo, they're all nursing something right now. And, and I think even P.J. – I'm pretty sure P.J. went out with an injury last night. So we'll keep tabs on that. But it's a brittle base. You're exactly right, Charles. And so, and the um, and with that, you're missing you're missing your talent. So there's nobody really to rally around. And when Jayshon Tate is the only person to score in the third quarter, what? Like it, it, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And you know, for yeah. you to have vets and so-called great vets at that to not even score, not get a bucket. You know, granted, Jay Sean Taylor, a lot of his fees did come from John Wall, but at the, in the same breath, it, it still should have been more people been able to score. Yeah, and Jay Sean Tate, who uh, was a is a young rookie that that I bragged about also a lot in the last episode. But uh, you know, my initial my initial initial worry at the beginning of this game was who who's going to lock down Bam in the paint because. Boogie can't really do it anymore. I'm sorry, but Boogie Boogie's not locking Boogie down. Did. Boogie is running he was, off like the final. Yeah, he wasn't even on him. Player. Boogie was was guarding Olenek all game. Uh, Jay Sean Tate got in there in the paint and and genuinely shut down uh, Bam. Uh, Bam was three for eight from the field. Uh, one offensive rebound for Bam. Uh, Jay Sean Tate. Boxing out, closing out all game long on Bam. Uh, never backed down once. This is one of the young, promising rookies uh, the Rockets have. And then and then Jay Sean doing work in the paint, 7 for 11 from the field, um, 16 points. Really great performance out of him. And I thought the only positive from last night. Uh, no, I definitely agree with you that Jay Sean was the only – seeing Jay Sean progress – was yeah it was the only positive for that entire game because everything else that I wanted to see I didn't get I didn't get it from John Wall I didn't get it from uh DeMarcus Cousins I I didn't even get it from Eric Gordon so um for those guys that even though we know that we knew that they're coming in they had injuries and they weren't who they used to be they still kind of have that expectation and I'm still I'm I'm just not getting any of it it's like so, sticking sticking to your original point with John Wall before we even got him, he's great, exactly. but the but the brittleness is gonna kill us. Exactly. All right, Charles. Let's move on to some Texans talk. We don't have uh, much new news for you besides the Houston Texans hiring a culture coach. Should I say Jack Easterby hiring a culture uh, coach? Charles, what do you got for for us on this? I mean, do you want to work for the Texans, Will? Actually, yeah, uh, heading into my junior year, which is last year, actually, uh, you know, I could actually foresee myself working for the Texans. I, I don't see myself ever working for – I mean, at least to, to this point, they're, they're, they're running a very, uh, a very shaky ship. Okay, because I have never had a manager position at any kind of job I have. Um, but that seems like you don't need anything like that to be, you know – to get an, an, a position in a football organization in, in Houston. Now you, you don't need any kind of background really. And you can come in and be a culture coach and 
I can't wait maybe. to read. I can't wait to read off his, Dylan Thompson's previous spots. I want to see. You know what? I'm not sure if they will ever do it, but I would want to see an interview with Dylan Thompson and Jack Easterby. That'll ever happen. But uh, a lot of these comments that we've been getting uh, from the Texans, uh, just around the Texans, about uh, one with the David Cully hire and how that was just underwhelming, and then uh, with the uh, what was the Sports was the Sports Illustrated? Uh, yeah, Greg, Greg the- Bishop's uh, SI story on Jack Easterby. Exactly. And so, I, and now with another uh, somebody taking over uh, Jack Easterby's position as the culture coach. And it was his hire, you know. So, yeah. So the new, the new, I I uh, I agree that we would actually we would love interviews from everyone in the Texans because we're get, we're actually getting none of them. And, and as accurate as that SI article seemed to be, it still pulled zero direct quotes from uh, anyone in the Texans front office, which. Uh, it, it makes it tough when guys like Deshaun aren't talking, when people like Cal aren't talking. When Cal is talking, it's off a script. Um, we did not hear from Jack Easterby at Coley's opening presser. So you, you'd think he's, you know, to a from an outside looking in perspective, that he still is 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 not making personnel decisions when. Behind closed doors, it feels like Cal's giving Jack the reins. And with the news yesterday that we hired uh, 29-year-old Dylan Thompson as the character coach, I think it's definitely safe to assume that Jack has stepped aside from his his role as a culture coach uh, and, and, and giving that role to, to Dylan Thompson. These two are obviously connected, Charles. I mean, Definitely. they're 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 Definitely. both from 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 South Carolina, and and Dylan Thompson. I'm not sure what gives him the, you know, the uh, help me out here. The, uh, the know how the, the know how to be a to be a, a a culture coach in the NFL. We'll we'll get to what even. What even is a culture what coach? Even, what what was, even is? I was it? definitely going to ask that question. But Dylan Thompson, as a player was a quarterback for one year with the 49ers 2015 and then on the Rams practice squad. He then coached Charleston Southern's basketball team in 2017. This is a joke. And then was, this the, is a was, joke. was the Detroit Lions co- character coach from 2018 to, to, to now. And uh, it didn't seem like they were building much in Detroit for the last two years. But that, okay. So... <laughs> I'm still trying to process everything you said. He went from uh, you got affiliated with a basketball team, then went to the Detroit Lions, which we know how uh, um, the, the team has produced nothing for the past couple of years of the years he was there. And, well, I just want to ask you this. So how can someone who's in Jack Eastby's position hire a culture coach when the head coach – I would, I would, fit, I would think the head coach would want to hire his own staff that's dealing with his team. Oh, but you know that's not happening. You know, I, no I would think way, that would no be way, the order David of operations. Cole. I would definitely that should be the order of operations. But you know, I mean, I told you what I think of David Cully. Um, uh, yes, sir, Kyle McNair. Yes, sir, Jack used to be. Well, let me ask you this: 
a character coach in the NFL, is it realistic? It's not unrealistic to think that a team can be brought together by by a by a single force. That's not unrealistic. I mean, let's go back to Tom Brady, who's exactly who's, you know who's won seven out of ten Super Bowls and is seemingly the clue to every Super Bowl team he's he's been on, regardless if the defense helps him out a little bit. All you know, the entire staff after every year seemingly says Tom brings us together. When you're bringing in a 29-year-old coach who served as a backup QB and then a Ben's basketball coach, are you really expecting these guys to listen to someone like that, or 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 even you know take take any kind of advice, you know, or or to be looked at as a leader? Now, I don't know if 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 Dylan Thompson's role is more of a character coach or a chaplain. Uh, That's to be I, determined. Yeah, that 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 is to be determined. We don't have that information yet, but from as from as far as what we know, Jackie should be his step aside as the character coach. He has the reins to the organization now. Uh, we'll find out more on Dylan Thompson, but it 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 doesn't look like a. It, let me tell you this: it doesn't look like a great hire, except. Um, I know that Dylan Thompson knows his football as far as personnel and and, and understanding talent, but that's not, that's, that's well, not what he got. That's not what he just got hired to do. Well, well, uh, well. Let me say this: we believe he knows that. That's the direction his background points in. The, his background points in that direction. We don't know if he actually knows, but his background does point in that direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Braddock did tweet last night that that he talked to him at the Senior Bowl. And he actually he did know his football a little bit, but you, you know you're not wrong in the sense that that's not, that's not what Dylan Hyde just got hired to do at all. And to add to add on, he's a 29 year old now. Um, the coach for the Rams, Sean McVay, um, he talked about his struggles coming in being a young coach in the NFL and having players that were older than him uh. and saying that he sometimes didn't even know how to interact with them. Now, I can't remember the exact age he came in at. I think it was 36 or... Is that McVay? Yeah, 38. I, I, I bet he was... I, I think he was even younger than that. Uh, yeah, keep, I, I... Keep going, I'll, 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 uh, I'll get that up. Okay, yeah, I can't remember the exact age he came in at, but he spoke about the troubles he had and, and almost a little bit of anxiety he had interacting with some players that were even older than he was. Yeah, and so... so in his first role as an offensive assistant in 2008 with Tampa Bay, I mean, Sean McVay was almost 23 years old. <laughs> yeah. And so so for Sean McVay to get hired on as a head – he was the head yeah, coach. Yeah, you're right, head coach at 34. Head, head coach or, at or 34. 32. 32. 30, 32. 32 years old. Sean McVay was 32 years old when he got his first head coaching job. For him to have the head coaching position and still have some uh, difficulties with older players and trying to galvanize them and gather them and make and make them a team behind him, with him, or however you might want to say it, for you to come in and be a 29-year-old culture coach, <laughs> a brand-new face in a dysfunctional organization with a losing record, a losing team, and um, mayhem all over management, for you to come in and declare that you're going to be the glue when you've never done that before, 
this, the hire makes no sense. It's all over the place, and it doesn't add up. Yeah, there was but, certainly nothing glued together in Detroit for the last exactly. Years. And it's like, and uh, the fans are supposed to believe that you're going to be the guy. You, David Cully, uh, all you guys. Nick say all you guys want to be the guy. You know, you're the guys. All right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that'll wrap up our Rockets or uh, yeah, Rockets and Texans talk uh, for the day. Uh, I'm Will Doctor. It's Charles Carter. We'll see you next week on the Break Room Podcast. Take it easy, guys. Yeah.